and he said, Christian, the, the key to success is to not fall in love with, with the outcome or with what success looks like, but rather fall, fall in love with the process. Because if you can fall in love with the process and understand there are hardships along the way, but you fall in love with understanding them, trying to get over them, trying to uh, get past and work through those hurdles and those challenges and come up with solutions, that's when you will find yourself either becoming successful or at least on the verge of success where you can then use that as a springboard to go on and do your next thing. Setting the bar high in life can be challenging. While chasing our passion and curiosity to experience struggle and eventually finding success, stories are valuable in ways we may never understand until that one person says something that resonates with us, then boom, it all clicks. This is the Bar High Podcast. I am Spencer Barlow. Welcome back to the Bar High Podcast, episode 21. I am Spencer Barlow. My guest today is Christian Borgerson. He is the head of marketing for Future Vault. Arch Canada and Framework, work spelt with W-R-K, not with an O. You can find him on Twitter under the name Chris Borgeson, K-R-S-B-O-R-G-H-E-S-A-N. Christian, welcome to the Bar High Podcast. How you doing, bro? My man, I am doing fantastic, even better now. I appreciate the introduction. That was great. Uh, Thanks. Working on it. Like, honestly, just just happy to sit down and have a conversation with you. A little bit of background for for everyone listening or or watching. Spencer and myself actually go way back, and we actually lived on the same street when we were growing up. I don't know if it was in elementary school days, but definitely during our high school years. Yeah, Um, definitely high school. Mm -hmm. And so we would always be playing basketball out on the street. I'd be on, I'd be on, you know, my side or rather end of the street where my house was, which was more more or less near near the middle. And I think you're too, you're like two, two or three houses down from me. Yeah, not too, yeah, not too far. And you'd be, you'd Mm. pull out your net. So finally we're just like, man, let's just, so I I believe we used to just sometimes pull our nets closer together and then we could have a couple games going. That's Um, right. But anyways, yeah, happy to, you know, happy to chat and catch up and just kind of like, let's get, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Well, that's the thing, man. Like, it's been so long. I think when high school kind of passed, everybody, you know, went through their paths um, down different avenues of, of, you know, careers and whatever. But I think you and I would see each other at the gym uh, and we kind of brush shoulders here and there and have a quick talk, you know, when you were doing your stuff at Brujas, when you and I kind of got a little bit closer and then, you know, I'm just a weirdo. I kind of go back into the shadows when I have nothing going on. Um, but yeah, man, like I've always been curious about how you do what you do. And I didn't know that you're going. To, did you go to university or college after for marketing? I, I, I did not. Not for marketing at first, actually. So I went to I went to Laurier, Wilfrid Laurier University. Okay. I was I was there for about five years, played some varsity sports, rugby. Um, I actually went for biology, did a double major in, in, in oh, bio and shoot. psych. So went for science and you know this is sort of one of the things when you're growing up right you're you're at such a young age 16 17 years old don't know what you want to do with your life you you sort of feel like you're just forced into this avenue and i actually so i started taking science because a part of me liked it not all of Mm. me a part of me liked Mm. it because i was naturally good at it it wasn't like oh i i i'm gonna take this and i'm gonna become a scientist and you know whether that's you know, me doing lab work or me becoming a teacher or me going to med school. I, I honestly just did it because I was good at it. By my third year, realized that it wasn't for me. I wouldn't say I hated it, but I had a strong disliking for it. Um, what was that? Was, where, did, was, where did the disliking come from? 
I think just realizing that 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 the work and the type of um, just the the type of content and everything ar- around it and what I was learning just wasn't really aligning with what I wanted to do. Now, keep in mind, I still had zero idea what it was I wanted to do. So, mm. you know, you're still what twenty one, twenty two, still trying to navigate and figure things out at that age. And even at right. that age, it's it's extremely difficult, especially with all of the different distractions. You see your friends doing this, your friends doing that, your family doing this, your family doing that. Right. And so like you, I've always been just naturally curious and always wanting to try different things. But I did realize that look, bi- biology, science in general, not for me, so far committed. Let's get this degree. Let's get this expensive piece of paper because I'm check so far. Check mark in the box and check mark in the box. The next thing. And then uh, and then I graduated from there mm-hmm. and then I went to and then I did a postgraduate program, um, which it was just a, a year straight through of business management and marketing and and that's sort of where you know my the wheels started spinning and the the ideas started coming to my head about marketing being a potential career path for why me. did you go down that path though what what was the like mm, this might be something that i could you know could see myself growing into and making something more because you know those are completely two different two sides two, two very of, different two almost it, polar opposites right i think yeah. by all the biology and the science aspect was very specific and mm-hmm. and I th- what what actually what first resonated me with me going down the business course and doing the business course was just how applicable and how practical having common sense business knowledge is it's everything we do on a day-to-day basis <laughs> it is it's it's so fundamental to even just the way that we communicate the way we understand yeah. macro and micro economies Absolutely. Um, and so that was like the initial interest sort of like the lever for it and then when I started to dive into marketing and understanding that you could really build these solid relationships with consumers with businesses through different marketing strategies and tactics you know, mm. it, it it opened me up to the world of marketing, and I honestly, I've just, I've, I've never turned back. I, I, I sort of hit that, um, hit that opportunity, just sprinting straight down wow. the laneway there. Well, I've seen it, man. Um, and you know, you just saying that about business and marketing stuff like that, and and it's it, it's it's like the perfect combination for anybody that wants to be an entrepreneur because you can open up many doors and those doors are going to continue opening up other opportunities. Right. And it's so crazy. Um, you know, now where I'm sitting myself, like, I'm like, shoot, I wish I went into school for business and marketing, but I just never paid attention to my own curiosity that, you know, I had these entrepreneurial, you know, tendencies right, or like right. drive and stuff. Right. And it's great that you were able to notice that, you know, that was something that you're able to, to be very creative in and, and really explore and, and use to your benefit. And, you know, seeing now everything that you are um, associated with um, plus some of the things that you did in the past, it's, 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 it seems like it's a lot of fun. And I think the one thing that um, I'm envious is watching you work with the team. And when I would come and check out Bruja, and like I think I was networking with you guys at one point, and I think I had like yeah, Hamilton Fitness yeah. motivation or something. You know, I was going down the same path, and I'm like, man, I would just, I would just love to have a darn team. You know what I mean? And it was just like seeing how you know uh, people that do work as you know a marketer or trying to establish a business like you need a team to be successful right 100 percent. You, you can't you can't do it alone you know i mean no. you you can to a certain extent until you realize mm. if you really want to scale up your efforts and do it in a very 
sustainable, efficient, smooth, fast, quick way um, that just like gets results and, and also to the point where you're ha- where you continue to have fun. Like, mm-hmm. man, you, it is so critical to your success, your overall happiness, productivity, everything um, that you have a team behind you and that your team has you behind them as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because it. That's the thing. Everybody has to be on the same page. You all have to need to believe in the same, um, you know, the, the same uh, values, I guess you can say, uh, with where that project is going. Right. And um, that's the that's the hard thing. Right. Is trying to find the right people to have on your team as well, which I have been experiencing. Um, but, yeah, you know, sometimes you have to do things by yourself. And uh, that's something that I've come to learn. And uh, it, it it allows you to develop new skills along the way. You know what I mean? Like to, 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 to be very versatile and adapt, right? And that's the thing, like any sort of business whatsoever, it uh, it's one of those things like, you know, can you handle the thick? The thick might be thick for a long time, a couple years, you know what I mean? Yeah. And a couple, and can couple you... years, it could, it could be long. I'm, yeah, I'm so glad that I'm hearing you say this because I think far too many people sort of dive in head first and, and they don't understand what that actually means. What you just said is everything that determines how your resiliency will be that determines whether or not you're actually going to be in it for the mm-hmm. short short term I actually I just you know you spoke about Twitter in, in me on on Twitter I just sent out a tweet since <laughs> I tweeted yesterday um, and it's just something it's like a recurring theme that I see all the time whether it's marketing business or life in general is that far too many people are after the shortcuts or the hacks but like what you realize is the the, the greatest hack of all is that when you come to a realization and have an understanding that there are no hacks. No, it comes really down isn't. to discipline. It comes down to commitment. comes mm. down to consistency. comes right. down to you showing up day in, day out, whether or not you want to, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. And, and, and sorry, before I go off on a tangent on this, no, no, what, I, what, what I always say is I learned this, this piece of advice, we'll call it, from, uh, from a friend of a friend who was a well-known business consultant. And he said, Christian, the, the key to success is to not fall in love with, with the outcome or with what success looks like, but rather right. fall, fall in love with the process. Because if you can yep. fall in love with the process and understand there are hardships along the way, but you fall in love with understanding them, trying to get over them, trying to uh, get past and work through those hurdles and those challenges and come up with solutions that's when you will find yourself either becoming successful or at least on the verge of success where you can then use that as a springboard to go on and do your next thing. Absolutely. Well, well said, man. Honestly, like I could relate that. I could relate to that. Um, what do they call it? Uh, analogy? Is that, is that what we would call that? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I, I, I recently just finished Will Smith's book called Will. And in the book, and this is something that he's already said publicly outside of the book, but his dad had Will and his brother build a wall. His dad needed a wall built in their um, business or whatever. Um, And every day the kids complained about it. Dad comes up to Will and his brother (laughs) says, listen, stop thinking about the damn wall. Don't think about the damn wall. You show up every day, build a brick. If you're sick, Build, put, put another brick on. Like, just ev- anything that you're feeling emotion wise, no matter what that emotion is, you just got to make uh, like half a step, you know, 1%. 
you know, one brick, whatever it is that you use as yeah, a form yeah. of, of, of small increments to get you to where you want to be. Eventually you'll see the bigger picture, but don't worry about the bigger picture because you're going to get discouraged. It's the same thing when I was coaching people in the health and fitness industry. It's like, yeah. I want to lose 10 pounds yesterday. Well, sorry, but you're not going to get there yesterday. you you might get there a year from now, but you've got to be patient. And, right. you know, since since I've, you know, started to really dip my hands more into, you know, my YouTube, the podcasting and trying to sell myself. Right. I, I, yeah. It's about patience. And just like you said, the consistency is probably the biggest. No, sorry. Consistency and the discipline are two of the biggest things because, you know. Yeah, some days I don't want to do it. Some days I miss a day not posting a, a vlog. Some days I don't, you know, have everything under control, but I'm still showing up. You know what I mean? And it's like, right, right. It's like, don't beat yourself up just because you're not hitting everything at 100% every day. Just even if it's 1%, you're still making small incremental gains that are going to allow you to be successful down the line. Right. One, and like I said, 100%. I love that, man. Just the way, yeah, that analogy is, I, I've uh, I've never heard it through like that lens or that context, at least not in the Will, Will Smith case, because I haven't read. Um, the book i'm sure maybe i've heard it the, the story before but i love that just you're laying the foundation one brick at a time right and it's all yep. about those those instrumental or those incremental rather actually sorry um improvements right so it's progress over perfection and then you yep. realize it's all about progress perfection right. may not exist no. right at least not mm -hmm. in what we envision um maybe it does right but it, t it takes you years and years and years uh to get there so i absolutely love that i think it's such a good mindset to adopt and, I, and i'm constantly reminded of this i think as when i became a a parent um man that just like becomes so apparent and so true is like there are no days off like i have to show up no matter what if i'm feeling sick that doesn't mean anything that doesn't matter right. my, my son still needs my attention i still have to be there and i have to give it 100 percent of what i can devote to it today right and so it's yep. kind of what you were saying you know you might not be able to give it 100 percent of what you define as 100 percent, but you got to show up and you got to give it a something and that's yep. and that's what matters that yeah discipline and, and consistency from what i've seen in all the different companies i've either been a part of personally or helped uh from an advisor or consultant perspective is that consistency and discipline and focus are the probably the three most prevalent factors that will ultimately lead to moving the needle right 100 percent okay so with that being said okay like i think now our guests will have a good understanding of like where our mindsets are and how we want to yeah. take this conversation so i i would love to go back to bruja was this your first like um development of like business wise are you kind of holding down the fort like th this was your your baby right when when what 2000 and yeah that was uh 14 or 15 yeah we started it actually 2015 but yeah you're right you're right there and then uh oh how long was it we were at it for probably at least four years i think until about 2019 um, I had stepped away from the business around 2018, but it was still going and it was still kind of doing its thing for a while. Um, well, for, for I, our listeners, could you, could you explain to them what, what it was all about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bruja was a, an online event ticketing platform, essentially. What we wanted to do was rather than try to mimic or, or, or become a, 
a mainstream ticketing platform, we said, hey, there's so many cool things going on in the local community that we want to we want to highlight those. We want to work mm. with event organizers that feel like they're sort of displaced and they don't really have a platform that supports them. So our whole goal and our whole mantra, if you will, was to provide a platform where local event organizers think smaller music type of events, um, industry get-togethers, beer festivals, you know, craft beer festivals. We actually mm. did really well in that uh, in that segment of the market. Um, could have this platform where they could sell tickets, but not only that, we would help them on the event promotion side of things right. as well too. So we had a few things that we were working on and developing. Um, we got a little ahead of ourselves, unfortunately. We just we didn't have the scale to make those things happen the way we wanted to make them happen and to make the impact. But on a micro level, I mean, if you were to ask anyone in Hamilton from 2015 to 2018, maybe even 2019, if they knew a Bruja for events, absolutely. Like we yeah. did a very good job of uh, helping to inform people what events were going on and also to support. Um, event organizers in actually selling and transacting those tickets. So now was that comp with Bruja, was it mainly focusing just in the local area? Or were you guys trying to really expand it out further? We, yeah, see, and, and, and I think that's, you know, I'll speak as candidly as possible here because, you know, I don't have anything to hide, of course. We started off local on purpose saying, hey, let's start this as a grassroots sort of organization. And, that was a large part of the mission was to always maintain the community aspect of it and really to ingrain ourselves in the community. We wanted to make mm. sure no matter where we were selling tickets that we had some sort of stake and involvement or at least felt like we were part of that community. So Hamilton was a natural um, first start for us at a market. Mm. And, um, you know, this was something internally where we talked about whether or not we should start advancing and, and trying to open that up to different markets or if we should still continue to build Hamilton first because we did a lot of good stuff, but there was still a lot more left in Hamilton for us to do. Okay. And, um, you know, based on the pressures that we had through advisors and investors, they wanted us to make the move into other markets. And, and at that time, you know, we were so young and fresh in our entrepreneurial journeys and uh, managing companies and, and money that we were easily influenced by what other investors wanted to see, right? We were trying mm. to get more investment dollars so that we could expand the company, hire new people, you know, improve and scale up our operations, but it's sort of a chicken and egg problem. So, I, what I would say is we are a little too too heavily influenced um, on on that side of things that unfortunately we took our, our our foot off the pedal a little bit in the Hamilton market unfortunately as mm. we started to go after other markets whether that be in Ontario or Eastern or Western Canada for an example okay mm. um, and and the the challenge with that Spencer is just that we had so many event organizers still actively and organically coming onto the platform that we had mm -hmm. a lot of demand that we had to deal with. But as we were going into these other markets, we just we didn't have the manpower and the resources to properly give those events the attention that they deserved. And so it was a huge lesson learned, um, you know, because y you never want to um, over promise and under deliver. And not to say that we did that, mm. just that we didn't 
we weren't as quick to act on on certain things as as we should have so just kind of spread out thin and that, that's the thing too i'm sure you guys were a small team and and you know like you said yeah. you're trying to use yeah. uh the investors money so you can expand your reach but the in-house didn't have enough hands on deck to control the flow right which is what you got I'm hearing yeah um yeah yeah like that's that that was a great point is like yeah everybody knew about bruja you guys did a great job advertising and stuff like that and you know it, it, it it's how does that make you feel when you invest so much time and effort into something and then i i don't want to say the word failure or didn't succeed but it was just something that you you it, it didn't prosper to your expectations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um today right and and so how do you handle something like that where you don't feel discouraged or um you know kind of knocked down that you 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 can't make another project succeed yeah yeah that's a that's a really good question i think you know and i i I sort of asked myself that too when 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 I was going through the time when I was stepping away from the business. So I stepped away from the business just you know, I needed to I needed to just move on. Things weren't really aligning and it wasn't going the way I foresaw it to go. Mm-hmm. So I I uh, I sort of exited myself from the organization and then eventually of course, especially with with COVID, you know, Bruja um you know, I guess lost a lot of opportunities to continue running its operations. And, um, you know, but, but back to your question, sorry, without kind of walking around it. No, it's okay. It's, it's tough. I think for, for individuals that go through this for the first time, it is super discouraging. You sort of go through the stages of grief, I would say. Um, you know, not to say like, you're not mourning the loss of actually somebody close to you, but you know, you've been, like you said, you invest all of this time and as entrepreneurs, especially if you're a a front facing individual for the company where a lot of people associate you to that company, like you sort of lose a lot of your identity, or at least you, you, you feel like you do. There's a perception that you do. You don't actually, but you feel like you do. Because a lot of your resources, your own network, et cetera, are tied up with with that uh, organization as well. And so, you know, I think it comes down to understanding that failure is incredibly likely, um, but also looking at the perspective of what failure actually means. Like at first, I considered it a failure, but then I realized that, you know, it just it it wasn't meant to be, right? Like that was an opportunity for me to level up my game, business and marketing wise as well, too, and to yeah. use it as a springboard of an opportunity to get me from here to here. And so I right. think when you when you sort of look back, hindsight hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? It, mm-hmm. it, no no matter what, um, you you go through the motions, but you sort of come to the realization of look like you know not everything was a complete failure you know i i have grown significantly i've been able to impact a lot of people i've made some incredible relationships friends and business wise as well too and 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 i've learned a lot right like i picked up a lot of skills that i was then able to use for my next stage of at my career um and again that that takes a little bit of time as you're going through the motions too but i think it's just understanding the the reality of sort of what you're faced with it's it's easier as you go through it again and again and again but you can Mm -hmm. sort of see how things start to come together as well too absolutely yeah i mean i don't know if that really answered the question all too well but that was a perfect answer i think that's extremely powerful um that you've 
you've been able to take a step back, look at you know the experience from start to end, and and pick out the most powerful things or the learning opportunities from it, right? And that's the thing; it's not a failure. It's it's a way for you to grow. So, like you said, you could use it as a springboard to get you mm-hmm. to your next level, right? And I think we all need to do that. You know, what I've come to learn just in this year that you need to invest either your time or money to take risks. Because if you aren't willing to invest them, you may not reap the reward. Yes, you may lose time and or money, but you have learned something from it. And so the next time you go and invest, you're going to be a lot smarter about how you are going to approach that investment, right? Um, Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. It's like you you, more people need to, to just jump in and just because you're not perfect, just because you don't, like I said, it goes back to looking at, you know, the bigger picture. It's like, you don't know the bigger picture. Nobody knows the bigger picture. It's like predicting time. That's bullshit. You can't. Right. And so when you do jump yourself into um, the experience, right, it it could really go, you know, through the roof for you or it doesn't. Right. And, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, building relationships, um, being able to learn new skills along the way, it, like those things are are extremely impactful. But it, it's interesting how you had mentioned entitlement. I never really thought about that, um, and that's really uh, fascinating. That you know, yes, it's true. I guess when you do um, commit yourself to a project, that yeah, it does become a part of your image. Who are you? You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's you know, Christian. He he runs Brew Hall or whatever, right? And it's just like you know. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, you don't have that anymore. And it's like, oh, it's just Christian, right? And it's like, okay, like, when you hear that, it's like, yo, I used to have this. And you know what, that's the thing. It's I, I think a lot of people are also um, maybe afraid to have an attachment to a project, or they are afraid of losing the title to a project, right. And I could relate to that fully, you know, with myself, you know, you know, me, my, I've had a very my Facebook has been full of different adventures I share all the time through military to working on a cruise ship to, you know, I, I can't even remember half the things I've done, but I've done a lot of stuff. And yeah, I mean, when I got out of military for example i was like damn i don't you know it's not senior corporal barlow anymore it's just spencer barlow right and now it's like do i walk around still with this edge on my shoulder because i'm in the military like no i guess i can't really like no that's that's bullshit it was just an experience in your life you could still be that person you could take the things that you learned from the experience and still make it a part of you right um so what was your next project after that yeah, so so after that, I, I joined a um, a startup in Toronto called Planswell. It's an online financial planning uh, company. So, if you were looking to get uh, financial advice or get a financial plan, you could sign up um, at Planswell, get an online financial plan just in about three to five minutes. They'd take you through this survey, and the algorithms would work in the background and based on your situation, at least the the based on the in the, the sorry the the information that you provide while going through that survey it would spit out recommendations in a financial plan for you. Oh, so, okay. so, you know, it's really great technology, really cool product and a platform and awesome company to work at. I was there for about, um, I think I was there for close to about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that company ended up actually going bankrupt. Um, and then after that, and that was an interesting time in my life when that event took place. So in the span of a week, I went from uh, leading a marketing team at a a software company to 
being unemployed, um, getting a puppy because I had planned on getting a puppy anyways. And then I think the day after we had brought our dog home, finding out that uh, my partner, Leah, was pregnant <laughs> and then realizing, oh, shit. I don't have wow. a job right now, right? right so I gotta yeah. so I gotta figure this out quickly. Um and I did. I did a bunch of consulting work and some contract work here and there. Mm-hmm. And then and then that sort of dovetailed into I was doing consulting work for a company in Utah called Saveology. And okay. um, you know, luckily I think the stars aligned with that one because Saveology was the exact same type of organization and company that Planswell was, but just in the United States. So I had a lot of just like the exact, pretty much the exact same things they were trying to do. I had already mm-hmm. done it at a Canadian counterpart. So I leveraged those skills and what I had learned and directly associated those with Saveology, first working as a consultant. Then we transitioned me into a contractor on a part-time basis. And eventually- What, what, does, said, that lo- what does that look like exactly as a consultant? Yeah, as a consultant, so pretty much the our initial agreement was just, hey, we need to do some market research. Can you help us okay. identify some areas on? It's always different, right? Depending on mm-hmm. what exactly you're consulting for. I was consulting from a marketing perspective. You know, okay. what are some of the strategies that you, so me as the consultant, would recommend based on the stage of company, the goals, so what we're trying to achieve and where we're trying to go in the future. And so I had laid out this plan based on both knowledge and prior experience as well as seeing some some market trends and some industry trends as well too in the marketing space um and then pretty much took the work that i had done as a consultant and said hey based on this you know here's a bit of a work back schedule right here's what you're going to need to do or you're going to have to hire someone to do in the short term Mm -hmm. whether that's 30 60 90 days usually that's how a lot of consultants like to organize the work Here's what you you should be doing, not that you need to be doing, what you should be doing, what I would recommend. Um, and then beyond that, here are also some some key considerations and things that you should uh, look at doing should you have the right resources or someone in place full time to help you manage that. Mm, okay. And then they said, OK, cool. Do you want to do that for us? And so, uh, yeah, no problem. So that worked that's, out that's on. What's up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it worked out very well for me. And and keep in mind that time frame I had mentioned, right? So about the beginning of November, I was laid off because the company went bankrupt. Right. Then got a then got a puppy. Then uh, found out we were pregnant. And yep, then dad. probably about probably yeah <laughs> probably about five days later was when Spencer, you know, his name Spencer as well. It was the oh, CEO. No way. Yeah, the CEO of Saveology reached out to me and mm. said, "Hey." are you interested in doing ABC? Mm. Um, And so everything just kind of happened super quickly. Um, Like I said, I wasn't too concerned because I had a bunch of other opportunities that were going on, but this one was just the best fit for me. And I was super interested still in the space. Mm. And I love, I love FinTech. I've been working in FinTech and, you know, technology startups for a while. Um, So yeah, that transition from consulting to, to part-time contract work to then finally after we went through, I think that first 30 to 60 day exercise, mm-hmm. then they said, let's, let's get you on full time. Cause we've got to, we've got to ramp this up. And so I officially joined them as head of marketing. Um, the team was in Utah. I went down to Utah for about seven days, got acquainted with everyone. You know, it was great. We made plans for the future. Um, 
And so there was actually this debate. I was very close to moving to Utah. Wow. And, the, and the company was ready to uh, pay for everything on the legal mm. side and, and to make that happen, to right. get my, my visa, my work visa. Um, it just so happened that it just, it just didn't work out for, for us and, and, and for our situation. But it was, uh, it was a great experience. Again, I, you know, an, another, another springboard of an opportunity where I was able to really just go deep in marketing and just mm -hmm. perfect my craft, right? Yeah, now absolutely. it was all about, hey, I've done this before. Let's ramp this up and let's not only prove myself, but let's prove others about how well I can execute on these things. That was my main yeah. objective. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I did that. And then the pandemic hit and I was working from home already, uh, of course, being, you know, working for a, uh, a company in the U.S. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I think like during that tenure there, again, I was also there for about a year and a half, similar to Planswell. Um, I just, I fell in love with the process and I just, I made it a habit to just work through the process of, of getting results. Mm. So I showed up day in and day out trying to overcome different challenges that we were trying to solve for, whether through marketing or just overall business and on the product side as well too. I had a lot of influence and um, I found myself getting just a lot of enjoyment and fulfillment of doing that type of grunt work so to speak yeah that because that's very interesting i know for myself if i have no interest in something you're not going to see me put forth any effort and i don't know why it's just you know i, I think that's just how i am as a person um and i think it um you know hearing about first of all i i guess you know how you've been able to position yourself so you said that spencer reached out to you Right. Where That's were right, you yeah. positioned in a, in a spot that he could find you? Was it like a LinkedIn thing? Was it yeah, so, yeah, it was, it, it was LinkedIn. It was LinkedIn. Okay. Well, that's, that's, I think that's a key thing for a lot of people listening to this, right? Is like, you know, put, put your, put your skills out there, find a platform that, you know, you could advertise or sell yourself, right? Something like LinkedIn, uh, because you just never know what opportunities might, you know, come to your doorstep. Right. And so that's fantastic that you're able to like be like, Hey, you know what? I could copy and paste what I've learned from, you know, company A to now go to B and, and use those skills and then also create a position for yourself that, you know, you could have potentially took on, which you didn't because obviously you, you took on something else, right? But That's right. the yeah. fact that you were just kind of open-minded to just learning about it, right? And, and just taking your skills and, and like you said, trying to consistently provide results, even though sometimes it was grunt work, right? And so that's a, a very strong mindset to have and a resilient mindset to have. Cause you know, it, I could keep using this darn bigger picture analogy, right? Everybody just wants to be at the top, but you're like, you know what? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So start with consultant. Then let's, you know, move into, you know, head manager, I'm sorry, head of marketing and, and just keep, you know, growing from there, right? If things are successful and you work well in the company, great. You'll grow with the company. Um, okay. So now you're, into a different position i'm assuming right. you're no longer with the company right yeah, I, I, yeah. I find it very fascinating and and very uh, motivating that you are like you don't you don't let it like slow you down you know what i mean like some people just get discouraged like is it me because things aren't working out why am i you know getting to these companies and they're not working out like it's just an example like i've worked at many gyms 
right? And, yeah, and yeah. you start out these gyms, things seem very promising and you go there and you, you give 100% and you're just trying to make ends meet and you also want to grow and build into your passion and your skills and then boom, restart button. And that could be losing the job, bankruptcy, et cetera, right? So I find it very fascinating that you're like very welcoming to maybe maybe that's the wrong word welcoming like i'm sure you don't want to have to restart and rebuild yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it, from what i've come to learn is that you are very you know adaptable where like where does this come from yeah i i, I think naturally i've just always been able to adapt to different situations and environments pretty quickly even at, even as a young age you know going through different um different sports trying them out mm. different friend circles um, different jobs growing up too. And I, I, you know, I, I can't necessarily say I can pinpoint exactly where it comes from other than just knowing that the only way to get past and through situations and manage them or, or take control of them, I guess, in a way that, that I want to is for me to become adaptable, right? right. Like nothing, mm -hmm. nothing is ever really permanent unless it actually is. And right. And, um, you know, it's been a learning for me. I, I've gotten for sure, and I appreciate that, that, you know, that means a lot to me coming from you. And um, I've gotten just a lot better about being a, a, adaptable and knowing how to adapt much quicker. So, you know, now when I transition to different opportunities, and I don't want to say it like that as if I'm like just transitioning over and over and over again, but I've, I've become better at understanding how to actually transition in a way that that makes that transition process enjoyable for me for the new organization for the new colleagues as an example and how to make sure that from day one i am in the door providing value you know i'm sure i'm doing all of these other things in the background to find my bearings and you know make sure i hit that reset button properly but from day one, I make an effort to provide value to those around me. And that gradually grows and grows and grows as you start to take on more tasks and projects and work with more lines of business or more departments or more individuals um, in the organization. Um, but it's also just about understanding, you know, realistically what you can do and just trying to do it better. I think just simply. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it, you know, it just comes down to a thousand hours uh, rule when you, when it, you know, when you're building a skill, right? Um, like, I don't know how true that is exactly. But if you could continue to work on it, sharpen it and look at it, how can you refine your skills and develop it? Like you're going to get really good at it. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, if you are providing value, you know, in this day and age, it, you nobody wants to hear the fluff anymore. You know, it's straight to the point. And is it going to benefit them? Um, which is the biggest thing. And, you know, I'm sure for all the companies that you've put your time and effort into, like, you know, like that's your job. You need to be providing value or the job's not going to grow, right? Or the business isn't going to, you know, hit their margins or whatever it might be. Um, 100%. So when it comes down to being a uh, someone that's in head of marketing and just business slash marketing itself, like, okay, so you said fintech, so tech, the technology technology side of things is that your main category that you feel passionate about or is there other categories of 
business slash marketing that you also are passionate about or, 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 or is it all just kind of like uh, general to you regard? It doesn't matter yeah, what the, all, the business. Yeah, you got it. It's, it's all, it's all kind of general to me. I mean, I think any, anything marketing, um, you know, I can, I can give my all and my 100% into because cool. I just, I, I, I love it. I love what marketing is there to do. It's there to, solve many challenges internally and externally for a business. It's there to increase brand recognition and, and brand identity. It's there to provide education for prospects and buyers at any given stage of where they're at in the, in the, you know, the so-called buying journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's used as a way to just cement better relationships with your clients as well too. And so, um, you know, I, I've I've just naturally worked in technology companies over the last uh, seven, eight years now. And so my love has kind of been in technology and in the I love what technology can solve for us as as humans Very and true. how it can create just a more efficient, more better, more seamless way of of everyday things that we do in our lives, mm. you know, yeah. Um, and as a marketer, part of my job is to help communicate that and also to make sure that it actually does do what we're setting forth in, in communicating that it does do for, um, you know, for consumers or for businesses. What, what I have realized in one of the areas which I have fallen in love with even more in marketing is that I was always focusing on the frontward facing areas of marketing. So what I mean by that is what consumers see online, right? Ads, social media, you know, they see this, they see that. But now I've sort of, I've shifted a lot of my emphasis to really focus on more of the back end, the more of the foundational pieces of marketing. I've realized 90% of marketing is not what people see. It's not what they think. It's the foundational building, the operationalization of building out solid marketing products. It's working on the strategy. It's working on the positioning, which defines why your product or your service is the best product or service offering in the market for a segment of buyers. Um, mm. And then it's working on the messaging. And what you'll see is a lot of, you know, maybe I'm going too deep in this, <laughs> into this right no, no, now. This is, but, good. this is good. But but what you see is where a lot of uh, marketing professionals struggle in companies in general is they they try to do the 10% first without understanding what goes into the 90%. And so they think, hey, if I'm running an ad or doing stuff on social media or, you know, doing this brand campaign, if I just change, if I change the words or if I change the image or if I change this or that or this or that, then it's going to fix my problems and then we're going to win. But no, it doesn't happen like that. You've got to understand the actual back end problem of what's going on. And oftentimes it is those three pillars, as I say, strategy, positioning, messaging. And the glue of it all is your positioning in everything. That solves a lot of problems in marketing. It's it's a little easier said than actually done to to narrow that down and define that and really come up with solid positioning that works and that sticks. And it's also something that is not permanent. It's it's mm. ever evolving, it's ever changing right. as you expand your service offering as you mature as a business, as you develop your product and you enhance your product's features, you need to go back and revisit your positioning and how that can ultimately um, impact and drive value for prospects and for buyers and for your customers. So positioning, is that meaning like, okay, if you have a product that, you know, obviously in tech, we'll use that, we'll stick there. Um, yep. And, you know, you're on Facebook 
and you know a lot of tech people are on Twitter. Is that kind of mean like what you mean by positioning? Like, or is that's, that you still know what that in is fr- in the front end? No, that's 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 um that is what I would say is a a piece that goes into your positioning. That is a an input component of it. Um, so your positioning. If I could define it in, in, there's someone I follow on Twitter and on LinkedIn. Her name is April Dunford. She's known for being the best in the world when it comes to positioning. I believe her exact definition, word for word, is something like positioning is what defines why your product is the best product in the world that helps your buyers. And that's a specific segment that you identify. Mm-hmm why it helps them or how it helps them achieve X, Y, Z that your other, that competitors cannot simply do or some, something similar to that. And so when you start to understand that, then you say, okay, what's really involved in this positioning exercise, right? So it's like you said, you're talking about pretty much like where are our consumers or where are our buyers, where are they hanging out online? That's a large input and a large function of that positioning piece and that overall strategy piece as well. It's saying, hey, we're targeting... You know, or rather going from, hey, we're targeting financial services to, you know what, in the financial services industry, we're targeting financial advisor firms and wealth management firms that have a specific AUM, so assets under management, that there are mm. specific size, that they have specific roles uh, of employees in their organization. And then we have a well-defined buying group that we can mm. target and you stick to it. That's who you target no matter what. You don't deviate from that at all because right. then you start to confuse your own operations as well. Right, right. And and that's the thing too is knowing the why, right? And like you said, yeah. being in the right position and then sharing the why, it, you know, it's going to speak louder than an image, I'm assuming, right? Like when people yep, kind yep. of, you know, are able to be more invested into it emotionally because the why also relates to them. Yeah. Then I think yes, your position is going to definitely be way more successful. And I find that you know when somebody is starting up a business or um, trying to get themselves established, or or even if you're like a new influencer, for example, like and nobody knows you, nobody knows your why or your values, like and you're marketing in the wrong place. Like I could be on MySpace doing podcast and nobody's going to be on there because it's it's out of it's outdated you know what i mean it's like Mm -hmm. okay how can i get my why out there and people understanding um the values of the company and that's very you know informative because i don't know the back end to anything when it comes down to marketing i think everything that i'm doing personally is at the very front end right um and you know there's people out there that like develop courses that are just like they start to sell it without even having it developed yet and it's only because they have the why out there, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's relatable to what people are looking for. And then they do all the background work. But that's a risky. I, I, I would never do that personally. <laughs> that, that is risky. I've seen, I've seen that far too many times go, uh, go, go south. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I mean, it, it, it all depends on what you're trying to get out of. If it's a quick, I wouldn't say quick buck, undervalued information or, or, or you know knowledge that you're trying to get out there it's 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 rushed right so i think yep, if you're going for yep. the money first it's um you know it's it's a it's a risky tactic so okay so you're no longer at this job covid hits where are you at now yeah so i joined um so right now i'm at future vault i'm the head of marketing at future vault uh, i've been with the so company. you have you have these three companies happening right now 
you're managing the um, future yeah vault. so so future vault is my is my full-time job so that's okay. my 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 day-to-day what i do i mean even we, weekends and, and evenings as well so that's my that's my main i would say and um you know that's where all of my attention is cool yeah and um i joined Man, it, it honestly would have been right around... No, actually, COVID's gone on for a lot longer. Never mind. I take that back. <laughs> wow, I forget how long this has been going on for now. I joined March 2021. So I've been at the company now for close to 10 months, maybe about yep. 10 months. Um, so I was on my way out of Saveology. I actually started doing some consulting for future vault and one of the individuals one of the co-founders at future vault we got talking he said hey i really need someone to kind of come in and take over marketing and um you know i i entertained it for a bit but not like overly serious right away because i was still at saveology and still happy there and then we had a few mm-hmm. conversations and then um yeah, and then i just realized look i mean with saveology like i loved everything i was doing the team there was amazing to work with super talented group of individuals one of the most talented group of individuals i've ever worked with in my life um you know but it came to an opportunity where they where it was either i moved to utah and become the the chief marketing officer Mm. or i stay here and i still continue what i'm doing but i'm just a, a contractor and then someone will come in and take over marketing and then they'll become the head of marketing right so I say it doesn't really jive with me well. Like I understand where you're coming from, doesn't jive with me. And you know, based on conversations with Leah, um, you know, moving to Utah, just in our situation with having you know Zach at such a young age and with what was going on in the world, didn't make sense for us. Right. Um, and so Mike at Futurefall said, "Hey, I've got I've got this opportunity for you. Entertained it, look at it in a little more detail. We worked through those details." And, um, you know, 10 months later, I'm here, right? So obviously, obviously it worked out. And I mean, this has been an opportunity for me where I've been able to work with some of the most fascinating minds and individuals I've ever met in my life. Um, I mean, our, our executive chairman, he's one of the co-founders to Scott Patterson is, is one of the most well-known finance, media and technology individuals in Canada. Um, super brilliant guy, a visionary, um, and then, you know, you've got, I can just go on and on and on for days about how incredible this, this team is. Um, so I'll spare the details there, but it was an opportunity to that I didn't really want to pass up because I looked at who was at the table and I wanted, right. I wanted, to, I wanted to be at that table and I yeah. knew I could be at that table, right? So I came in there, like I said, it's all about delivering value from day one. And I made, I made sure that I delivered value from day one, right? I reshuffled and reorganized a few things that were happening in background in marketing, provided some clarity around what the next steps are, what we have to do in the short term, medium term, long term. We're still working through a lot of the medium and, and long term items right now, of course. But, you know, we made significant progress um, over the last 10 months uh, that I've been in, in the company. You know, teams are working closely together there's a lot more alignment between teams uh customer success product sales marketing are working in lockstep you know not to say that i have been the only driving force of that but i mm-hmm. have made i i made sure that that was one of our objectives as a marketing team right and this is this is also another area uh, another reason why i love marketing is because i find marketing always finds itself at the intersection of all of the other departments in an organization right. you're so yep 
connected to what's happening in all of the areas and mm. internally and externally on a business. And so it's really about operations and in, in helping businesses overcome productivity challenges as well too at the core. Um, I mean, came in, rebuilt a website, uh, got the content program running and rolling, um, and built some great collateral for customer success and, and sales and, um, you know, just continue to support all of the initiatives that take place in, in the background. And I realize I'm, I'm rambling on, so I actually forget even what I was talking about in the first oh, place. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. I, you know, the thing that's uh, um, stand out to me there is that you're passionate about it, man. That's that's a beautiful thing. And, like, you know, the fact that you're able to surround yourself around the people that you see are going to allow you to not – I don't want to say leverage off of, but be a role model basically like you know that's the the healthiest thing is like you could see the people that you're working with and just do everything you can to be a sponge and and learn from them and just take the value that they provide you hit the nail on the head there that's exactly how i define it as well too for myself and also for others is look if you have the opportunity to tap into a brain trust of of what we have or in any given situation that you're in right make yourself a sponge because otherwise you are missing a huge opportunity to absorb so much knowledge from individuals that have proven themselves time and time and time again. Mm. And I mean, that's not to say that it's just a, a take, take, take relationship. Like you're there to give as well too, right? Like, absolutely. you know, they are looking for your input in your perspective on things too. Um, but take advantage of that. Make yourself mm. a sponge, learn from it, Assess whether or not it's something you actually want to, you know, keep in the background or, or, or up here in your own brain. Um, but nonetheless, just do what you can to continue improving. Absolutely. And that's the thing is having the right people around you that are going to, you know, be that energy to show you that you can continue to improve because I'm sure they have wisdom, life experience fails and successes in their life that they could also share with you along the way to open um, your mind to see that, you know, if you want to be at this table, you can be here, but this is the thing. These are the things that you need to conquer first before you could get here. Right. And, you know, it's been great that the gentleman, his name is Mark. Scott, you, Scott, 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 yeah. uh, was Scott. Was, I work with know, a Scott, a Scott and a Mike. So Scott and Mike are both Scott co-founders of, of Future Vault, yeah. So I okay. knew Mike. I've known Mike for several years. Actually, he's the one that that brought me over, brought me over to Future Vault. Awesome. And Scott and Scott is the other co-founder, and he's the executive chairman. He's the individual that um, he he has a very well-known um, brand behind his name. That's that's beautiful, and that's the thing, man. You're working with people that are at the top, right? And yeah. um, you know, with, with with all this time and investment into working for future vault and stuff like that like you know it's just it just goes back down to you sharpening your skills and getting better and maybe one day you want to open up your own tech business or who who knows what right and that's the thing it's like these people obviously see value in you regardless of 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 you know your past job experiences because you know 
you're you're out there you're trying to um be the best version as you can or be the best you know um head of marketer that you possibly can be and i'm sure it it may be a competitive job i don't know can you share anything about that is is being in your position also something you need to really defend like obviously you know when you're in that kind of title right like if you're undervaluing or not bringing enough value to the table like obviously you're gonna be like it out but like don't you feel like there might be other people being like hey i want that position as well is, is that a thing in your it's industry not, it, it is a, it is definitely in the industry as a whole and and i mean even even at companies to be honest larger companies we're a small company we're about 35 people close to 40 um so it's not an issue in our internal environment whatsoever and um you know, but but in the industry, for sure, there are people that have their eyes set out for other people's roles as well, too, for sure. right? Um, saying, hey, I, you know, I want that. I think I can do a better job at that role as well, too. So it's mm. not to say that they're waiting for someone to, to slip or to fail at it, um, you know, but there are people out there willing to do essentially everything they, they can do, both good and bad things that I would, you know, caution people to do um, to get their name out there further and, um, you know, get themselves at the table that they want to be at. You know, luckily I'm in, I'm in a really fortunate spot right now. And to be honest, I'm super competitive mm. with myself. And so one of my, one of my goals is that I just, I want to be the best damn marketer there is in Canada. For sure. Um, you know, and I say Canada for now, but uh, eventually that will evolve, but that's what I have my eyes set on right now. And, you know, that, that comes down to me looking at what other marketers, you know, in a similar role, similar title are, are doing, um, as well as also knowing when to cancel out the noise when I need to and saying, hey, look, like, that's great. They've also got a team of 30 people under them so that so everything they're doing, they can they can execute on no problem. Right. Like I'm, a, you, you know, it's me and I've got a, a marketer under me as well, too. And we have a designer. So we're really, really, really small team but i'll tell you this the output is incredible for a three-person marketing team um i would say we're easily you know at the output of five to six people and that's and that's just because one we work our damn asses off Mm -hmm. but two we are able to focus on that 90 percent, right focus on the back end understand what works what doesn't what we need to we set so we set um OKRs, which are objectives and key results. We do okay. that on an annual basis. And then we work backwards. We say, based on these OKRs, here's what we need to or we want to achieve on a quarterly basis. So we'll say Q1, Q2, Q3, and Q4. Based on that, we'll break it down monthly, then weekly, then daily. I can tell you, I already know in my head, it's just the way I have things mapped out. I could tell you almost every day for the next 365 days, what we should be working on wow but but here's the thing right you never get to actually do that because so many different things and priorities surface so you're all it's a constant game of reprioritization but based on mm. right now understanding what we need to achieve and how we want to achieve them as an organization i have that very well laid out half of it is actually in a document or in a deck that is mm. very prescriptive 
the other half is in my mind, which I need to now brain dump into that document. Of course, it, of course. To actually make it real. But it's just it's just a way of like you get better at these things, right? Yeah. And you start you start to understand what you actually need to do, how long things take you, how long they should take you. Is it you working on it? Is it a, a junior marketer? How long is it gonna take them compared to you? Mm. Um and so these are all things that I think of and you know, sometimes I just drive myself crazy because I overthink them. Yeah, well, I, it sounds like you also, you know, get excited too. You, like, I guess I might, this, I don't want to lose these questions. So there might be three of them in this, but okay. So we have organization, feedback, and then when to let go of something. How do you manage those three things? Because like one, you know, if something fails, like, you know, how do you take on feedback? Is this something that you hold on to? And like, you know, you want to keep giving it some time and then like organizing like those ideas. Okay, you know, let's just stick with the two the two questions. And and so what I mean by that is like, you know, me being a one man team, like trying to organize mm-hmm. everything, trying to figure out if, is this working and then having excitement and then wanting to bring something else in, you know what I mean? Like that's a lot going that is, on that, for one person. That is, that, right? that is that is a lot and I think that's sort of the piece of the puzzle where people get they they get tripped up a bit in in mm. the um you know, they, they lose their footing because it can be super overwhelming if you yeah. don't have the forum or the, uh, I guess, the a way of actually helping you organize those and assess those. And again, right. that, takes, that takes time, right? Um, what I do is I'll, I will always, I usually work off of two monitors, which is why I'm doing this weird dance thing with my hands right now. No worries. Um, I got two too as well. Don't yeah. you worry. <laughs> okay, good. So on my second screen here to, to my left, I always have open a, a document and it's sort of like an ideas document. So anytime something comes to me that I think is a, a great idea that I would love to see us execute on or research or explore understand a little bit better, it's a dump into that document. Anytime I see something on LinkedIn or Twitter that I see from someone in my position or someone higher than me at their company, that I say, wow, that's remarkable what they're doing. I either screenshot it or put it in that document. Um, same thing with feedback coming through from the team, right? Someone ha- on the team has an idea. They, 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 they've got some things that they've learned from articles or online or wherever the source of that inspiration uh, is same thing i'll dump it into that document too Mm. and what you have to do because this is sort of where the overwhelming piece comes is you'll eventually have if you don't clean that up a document that will eventually have 100 200 300 400 things and so i make it an effort to i used to do it daily at the end of the day i used to go through it remove some stuff that actually said hey this isn't actually relevant based on our goals. So again, mm-hmm. it all comes mm-hmm. back to your goals, right? right. That, that's why we set these OKRs, objectives and key results. What are the objectives on an annual, quarterly, monthly basis we need to achieve? Do these things help us move the needle, get closer to that on a monthly, quarterly, annual objective, right? right. So you work back, then you work forward. Um, if they support it, then I keep it. And then I actually move it to a different document. That's sort of like, call like a pending state, right? Okay. These are like the, the, the move forward type of items. If it doesn't align with what we need to achieve from a priority standpoint, then honestly, I just get rid of it. Um, so I used to do that on a daily basis, but now it's, it's way too much to keep up. So what I would right. encourage anyone who does something similar 
is do these like weekly grooming sessions where you go through mm. that document on a weekly basis. That way you're constantly tidying it up. All right. And so it's always at a state where you need it to be as far as like volume and what's in there. Um, and it also just helps you prioritize then reprioritize on a weekly basis. And so I create a we meet weekly as a marketing team and I create a, a weekly marketing report, essentially. It's not it's not so much like a formal report of what you would think. It's more so, hey, what did we do last week that went really well? What did we have to get done? What didn't we achieve that we wanted to? Now, where are we at for this week? And what do we have to get done this week based on what's outstanding, those mm. monthly, quarterly, annual goals, and then these new things that have you know come into play as well too. And so the reason why I'm bringing that up is because that me put, putting together that weekly report is a good opportunity for me to also assess where those ideas, you know, fit into play. And is everybody so still I, on the same page with them as well, right? Like, I'm sure they might have been like, oh, I have this idea and then forget about it. And be like, okay, maybe it wasn't all that important. Next. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it's just, you know, the, the, the central theme kind of of our podcast episode is that like, it's just like, it's just all about the process and, and, and doing things and there are no shortcuts and you no. just got to consistently keep at it. And so I'm consistently on a weekly basis creating that marketing report mm. so that I can ensure every single week come Monday, our team is focused, our team is prioritized, our team is motivated and our team is ready to hit the ground running on everything we need to do. And there's a why, like you talked about. There's a why and there's a reason as to why we are doing these things and how we're doing them as well, too. That's right. No, it's so smart. And that's important uh, to be able to keep everybody motivated, right? Because, you know, to be at full throttle all the time calls for a burnout, right? And and I think, you know, when you could take a step back or you have the team come together, uh, you know, it may be you being down one day and the other two pick you up. It's like, great, okay. Like you guys are sharing that energy. Everybody's all in alignment with what the value is or the why or the target is for that month specifically. Um, but you all know the bigger picture is, you know, the the the, the um, yearly, I, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, Q, uh, what did you call yeah, it? Uh, OKRs, the yeah. OKRs, right? The year yeah. the OKRs, right? And just knowing like, okay, that's the destination, but we need to do all these little small incremental things to make sure we're staying organized and, you know, just keep moving, moving forward, right? All right, there's something else that I I, I crossed your on your page. There is uh, you used to do podcasts yourself. I did. Yeah. yeah. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about that. When did that all happen? Like, okay, like I guess. It must have been at the time when I was off social media or something like that. I think um, I think it was right about it was right around that time. Yeah. So so when did yeah, that so, all kind of so kind of start? The, the art of the fail was a podcast that I started with a really good buddy of mine, Chris Buttonham, who's a Hamilton-based entrepreneur. He actually moved to the states, so he lives in in Vegas right now. I moved his company to California, then relocated to Vegas, just based on affordability and how things work. Um, he actually sold his company, so he got acquired. Really, really, really big win for him. But Chris and I started The Art of the Fail to talk about just failure. Mm. And, and you know, we the reason why we started is because there was such a negative stigma around this idea of failing and people were afraid to commit to things because they thought that they would be perceived as a failure. So really what we wanted to do is just shine light on how failure is a natural part of everything we do. 
in our lives, personal Absolutely. lives, business, relationships, you name it. And so the, 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 the real platform of that was bringing on well-known, successful people, majority of them entrepreneurs in tech, just because that's sort of what we know. Um, you know, and I guess the caveat to that was people were saying, well, you're bringing on, you know, super successful people. So obviously, you know, it's easy for them to talk about successes, but the whole point of it was to show everyone that they too have gone through their own trials and tribulations and had to either climb their way back, claw their right. way back, or just overcome adversity That's that right. eventually led to success as well too. So we did, um, I believe we started in 2017. I actually, I can't really ballpark it right now. We did about three seasons of it. Um, at first we were just going to say, Hey, let's just, let's, let's do like a continuing episode, sort of the way you're doing it. Right. And then we said, let's do, which there's no right or wrong answer. It's just sort of how you want to package it up as a production. And then we said, let's, let's do seasons. And the idea was that each season sort of had its own theme or narrative behind it. Like the overall thing was about failure, but then there was like this sub narrative to it as okay. well too. Mm. Um, and so that's sort of what we did. And then we, we tried to go down and get sponsorship. We got a little sponsorship, uh, behind it as well too. So it just made it easier to go, to tackle that route right. by doing it through seasons. But yeah, I mean, podcasting, honestly, as you as you know, you know, hosting several episodes now in, in, you know, just enjoying it. Podcasting was one of the best things I think I had ever done for my career from a confidence perspective. And just from an overall networking perspective as well, too, like the, the the people that you are able to attract and get on your show is just mind blowing. I mean, people just love coming on and talking, not saying that people love talking about themselves, which I know everyone always says. I don't think that's necessarily always true because you find a lot of people that that don't. But I think right. people just want a, a platform for good, healthy conversations. Right. Um, and we found that to be true with the art of the fail. And so. Very much, you know, going back to this idea of being a sponge, I actually use that as an opportunity for me as a podcast host to be a sponge from our guests. And I learned an incredible amount about business, life, different perspectives, marketing, um, by being that sponge of a host. And um, I mean, I miss it, to be honest. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin up a, a, a podcast for work a little different um so i'll probably be coming to you with some tips tips and tricks because Absolutely. i am dude i am um i'm a little lost now we had we had a we had a good flow as far as like process and technology that we were using but I, i'm a little out of the loop right now man that sounds uh really really fulfilling to hear that you know that was a big part of your own personal development and yeah that's what i've come to learn now as well and yeah you know it it, it is true what you said people like to hear themselves talk but it, it's the people that you bring on that like to hear themselves talk when i like to talk i want to make sure that you know i'm giving you value because there's some people that could just ramble about nonsense and like the weather and like things that are very superficial but <laughs> i feel like when right, you, right. you know you have the opportunity where you get to share your love your passion um the things that you know drive you or your failures and success in life like you know what why not 
ramble on about it because you're passionate about it, right? And if, you know, being a podcast host, like, you know, you've experienced yourself is like, it's a sponge for, for both of us because now we generally get to understand why is it that you're passionate about something? Why is it that you failed and, and are able to get back up on your feet? And, and you know, it's the art of the fail. The title of it is beautiful. I love it. And it's definitely very aligned with my own personal values as well with what I'm doing with the Bar High podcast, right? Um, yeah, play off yeah. my last name, by the way. I was so I wanted to bring this up in the beginning. Is of that course. a play off your last name, Barlow? Yes. We set the bar high. Yes, correct. I love um, it. I and love it. the reason why I went with that as a name is, um, you know, for me, there's been a lot of struggle in my life growing up. Uh, so I, I grew up with ADHD, learning disability. So a lot of things were very thick, and there wasn't a lot of thin where I could see the light, and you know, kind of get past, um, I guess the story that I was telling myself. And so that's where, you know, for some reason itching in the back of my head, it's like, wow, it's like, you know, Barlow, you know, I'm struggling in life. Just everything's Barlow. Well, one day I was just like, screw this man. Like, you know, I'm going to start to, to change the story for myself. Like, you know, I'm not going to use ADHD as something's going to be a crutch. I'm going to tackle everything yeah, head yeah. on. I'm going to use my failures as opportunities to learn and grow. And yeah, um, I was originally going to do bar high fitness at one point back in the day when I was trying to do the whole fitness thing. And, um, so recently I'm, I'm sure you've noticed that, uh, it, the podcast used to be the shift work athlete. That's podcast, right. Yep. Right. Yep. And, uh, just doing the handful of podcasts. I was like, I'd love to talk to people about different things. Like, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. being a shift worker is, is fun and all and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I love being an athlete, but I would just really like to open the door up nice and wide and talk about everything. And, and, you know, for me personally, I don't want to be a shift worker for the rest of my life. And I guess it goes back down to what you yeah. had mentioned about titlement, right? Is like, I don't want that to be my title. Sure. It's a cool nickname for now. Use it on my YouTube and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's just not something that I want to be committed to for the long run. I don't, I don't, cause like if that's, right, if, right. if that's how I'm projecting myself and like, what happens if I want to leave my job one day and I go do something else and like, now I have this title. Right. I, it just I felt like it was it was kind of like keeping me in one place. And like I said, I, I wanted to really expand my um, conversations. And so that's when I was like, you know what, here's that opportunity to use my last name and, and flip it around into the bar high podcast. And I love um, it. I love thank it. You. I, I appreciate that. And yeah, so, you know, I like I said, like you have said, is, you know, being able to talk to people and learn from from everybody, right? So that's uh, a little bit about my story there with how I've uh, been adapting uh, lately and just kind of like, you know, trying to build myself my own empire or image and, and I don't know, just kind of have my impact in the world. And, and so far, this the podcast has been something that's been able to to provide that for me. I just love podcasting, to be honest. I, I go through the motions as a, as a listener or, or a viewer of a podcast of, you know, where my where my interest sort of is. And I'm, I'm back on it as far as like loving podcasts and listening to them, consuming content. I just find it such a a fun and super accessible way of like uh, of learning, but also learning about topics or from people that are sort of out of the ordinary as far as what is right. like traditional if you yeah. know what i mean and i think that's the beauty of of podcasts i mean from a from a host perspective you're probably having a ton of fun oh yeah i, I walk and i walk 
I'll walk away from these conversations like on a on like a like one fulfillment uh, is like like at a hundred percent, and then two, it's like a bit of a high because I could just sit back and I get to listen to this podcast back and you know pick out the key points and and things that I've learned and or, or come to understand things that I would never even thought of of asking you on like you know. If we were just go have some food or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it, which, which we mean? still we, we still have to do. Absolutely, absolutely, and we will definitely plan that going forward. Like, and that's another thing too is like you know why I've started to connect with the people that have been closest to me um, throughout my my upbringing and and like reconnecting and building those friendships and relationships again too, right? Like, you know, you're gonna come to learn that a lot of my podcasts um, for probably the first, who knows, I'll probably do about 50 episodes where they're more local and because um, it gives me yeah. the opportunity to reestablish these friendships and, and, and relationships with people that, you know, I've known along the way and I just wanna make sure that they know that I'm also thinking about them and, you know, wanna make sure they're, that they're successful if there's something I could do to help and, and contribute to to them as well you know whether it be my platform being able to advertise what they got going on etc all right and and you know who knows what might come out of this right you somebody might hear it and be like oh i really want to connect with christian and 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 have them help me with my business boom you know what i mean so who knows what it might what what, what might come out of it right and so i think for the longest time when i was younger and I, I was always like from my perspective was i was taking a lot and and now right. i want to be in the position where i could give more than I've ever given before, right? And, um, you know, I always had this voice in the back of my head. It's like, you know, you're meant to help people. And, I, and I'm really trying to figure out how do I master that? What does that mean? And what does that look like? And I think with this, it allows me to hopefully provide Yeah, I think a, a, a platform like this, podcasting that is, is just, is just a, a great way of understanding. I mean, man, you you learn so much about yourself, by by going through these different episodes and by hosting them that that was one of the the things that really resonated and sort of sunk in with me the most was was learning a lot about myself by hosting various different guests on the show um and like you know even just going back to what we were saying earlier in the episode about sort of taking feedback how do you know what's working how do you know what isn't working like the fact that you started off this podcast as the shift work athlete and now you've changed it to the bar high podcast shows you that you had some sort of data, anecdotal data, that you know you had to make a decision based off of and make that switch, right? right? And so it's just it's just like I guess being mindful of and being able to understand those. Um and like, I, I don't know, I'll ask you this, like, after making that switch, are you one feeling in a better place with the podcast? Are you having more fun with it? Do you do you now sort of see this as being more of like a long term endeavor with the podcast as well? 100%. As soon as I changed the name, and I kind of put a, um, a break on how I was going to, um, I guess, showcase myself um i'm so excited of the opportunities mm -hmm. that i have um been able to open up for myself and the the possibilities are like endless i could talk to whoever i want however i want however long i want and like build that friendship and relationship because i think one of the weakest things for me growing up was um building strong rapport with people and and you know 
um, you know, I, I think growing up, a lot of the times people would always classify me as selfish or whatever. And um, this is just me growing and, and allowing myself to develop and to be a better human in this world. And like I said, leave an impact, right? And if that means having an hour to two, three hour conversation with somebody and just generally getting to know them, like, like that brings me a lot of fulfillment. And like I said, now being able to um, have a broader range or categories of conversation with people like honestly it, yeah. it does it does bring more motivation and excitement to me because i did feel like i was really losing it because my conversations felt repetitive i guess you can say because you could i mean right, you can only ask right. so many questions about doing shifts and what to eat and not eat and sleep and your mood etc and i was like okay like i feel like the, you know i'm gonna lose um my audience here because like they're gonna they're gonna have heard the story already right um, and I, I don't know if you just noticed, oh, you did, you loved, you, you loved, you liked my little message there that I put in the Bar High Club um, Facebook page. I love page. that. I yeah. Love so, I haven't, so I haven't yet done those things that you've asked in that message. I will. <laughs> no. And thank you. You know, no, I, I just, love it. I, I just sent out the invites today to a select few people that have been on the podcast um, so far. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's just another way that I'm trying to be able to give, I think. And uh, it was just an idea that opened up that I was like, okay, like, you know, this podcast can be so much more than just me sitting down and talking to you. It could be a great networking opportunity yeah, for yeah. future endeavors with, um, you know, two of my guests building a friendship, relationship, business, whatever it might be. Right. And so, you know, for the listeners that are listening right now, um, there's going to be an exclusive, uh, Facebook page or group that is just for the our guests um, that come onto the show where they get to network um, I, in the future I would like to host live events and stuff like that and you know I just think um, when when I have guests come onto the podcast I don't want it to be just a one-on-one -on -one conversation I get some of your time and then that's it and then I move on to the next um, person right and so for me from um, I guess a business point of view is like um, you know, you're very valuable and I want mm -hmm. to continue to show your value and, and grow that value. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many possibilities now right, uh, that I've, I've been able to open up now since I've changed names. So one question I actually have for you, though. I love it. Sorry. Sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Did you, did you want to say something? No, no. I was going to say, I, I think I think you're doing things, you, you know, perfectly. And in, in, in as you should, obviously, you'll continue to uh, to iterate, tweak, improve and, and figure it out as you go, I, I, as you always do. But I mean, you know, it just goes to show you that. You sort of got to look at the the writing on the wall and and use that as a lever to to make improvements and it it's showing. I mean, I I noticed it right away. Actually, as soon as you switched the script from shift work to the bar high, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. And this is definitely um, this has been the first thing that I've actually I've felt extremely committed to that I could see that there's a long term growth involved in it. You know what I mean? Because there's great. a lot of things I was doing That's before. Awesome. And it was really hard to see, you know, it goes back to, you know, using, seeing the wall, right. Or, or whatever analogy you want to use. It's like, okay, like I could actually see that there's, there's the potential of it being something more. And I just need to take my time and be patient along the way and be committed to it and, and, and just keep making those little small, um, incremental steps moving forward and you know the best thing that allows me to keep doing that is talking to people and then slowly building on you know the community aspect of it too right so i i hope the the community that i'm trying to build has an organic growth to it 
and um, you know, a few of the guests that I've spoken to you, uh, I, I've I've thrown it in their ear, like, oh, that's a great idea. Some of them have like uh, venues as well that they said that they'd be more than happy to have people come come down to you. And so it's like, okay, great. Like, you know, I want to be that super connector, and yeah, this is gonna definitely be able to do that. So when you were a podcast Love host it. with yep. uh, your friend there, I apologize, I forgot his name. Um, that's okay. Yeah, Chris. Chris, thank you. So when you were a podcast host with Chris, how did you like it when it was the two of you and then you had a guest on? Did you find it was hard to get a lot in or was it kind of no, like a flow no, of water? You help each other. Yeah, it, it flowed quite nicely, actually, because we um, we have um, a lot of similarities and then a lot of differences as well, too, that we were Beautiful. just able to play off of so well Mm. and so it was like i was this guy right i was like the guy that did the intros and the closing and like made the stupid funny remarks every now and then and then he and then he was the more serious interviewer you know he had the the questions he was ready to to reel back and pull people back in if they were to go off on a long tangent Mm. um and we sort of you know that was that was actually by design right um you know we we <clears throat> did our own type of pilot episodes determined what worked and then we said man i'm really good at this you're really good at that let's sort of stick to it and let's let's evolve it let's make that better ourselves mm-hmm. and as a production mm-hmm. and um yeah and it just it worked it worked out so well that's awesome that uh you and chris were able to realize that you guys both were compatible to work with one another and that's the thing i've been kind of opening up my mind to as well is like hmm, do i bring somebody on with me who what would that look like how can we benefit each other um i i did do one podcast with the shift work athlete where i had somebody that was uh, initially uh partnered up with me um that wanted to be a producer and stuff like that and um it was cool to have that third person there you could kind of bounce ideas off of one another and and support yeah um any sort of um i guess you could say dead dead time or, or silent time um not that that has happened often i feel I, i've found that at, all my conversations like it's been like you know two hours hour and a half like it's non-stop right so that's a beautiful thing and it's reassuring for me but yeah just having another person you know throw in their two cents and maybe i i, I miss an opportunity to dig deeper into some uh, topic or or you know trying to get uh, more value from um something that that guest has mentioned right so you know yeah I, yeah I that's think... that that's a good point actually because because chris and myself were really good about doing that if there was something that that either I missed or he missed the other one of us was really good on picking that up Mm -hmm. and then, you know, asking that or using it as a lever to open up now a different type of conversation that was taking place. And that's one of the cool aspects of, of having that, like that co-host with you. I mean, it changes the dynamic a little bit. I think what worked out really well, what worked out really well for us is we were both always physically in the same room. Oh, true. It was in person. Yeah. yeah. And, and and so that was um you know that worked really well for us but uh I I I liked it man to be honest I I really enjoyed having having a co-host again him and I are really good friends so it was nothing more to it more organic than anything than, yeah you weren't yeah, learning the relationship that you guys had to like build on it was already there 
Exactly. Exactly. So like we already knew what it would look like us going into a podcast and hosting it together and whether mm-hmm. or not we'd actually be compatible and, right. and you know, would we, would we still enjoy each other's company <laughs> by the end of the episode or would we want to punch each other? Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, we just kept wanting to do more and more and more. So it, it worked out really well for us. Our guests liked it too. That's, that's sort of what you got to gauge as well too, right? If you're, mm-hmm. if you're considering this, like, how will your guest dynamic be with now a second host? Right. Um, I think people will naturally adapt anyways, but some people prefer the one-on-one interview conversation yeah. type of style. I mean, me, I'm like the more the merrier. Let's have a big conversation if we want to, right. but all, all food for thought there. Yeah, 100%. And that, and that's great, too. Like, I didn't really think of that as, like, how how would my guests feel now having to, like, divide and conquer, building a rapport with two, you know, interviewees, right? Um, or interviewers. Um, one or the other. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, it's overwhelming, right? I, I, and I'm sure, yeah. you know, they are already feeling nervous coming onto the show, right? If they've never done a podcast. The majority of the people I've talked, I have spoken to so far, they have never done a podcast and uh, they kill it. But yeah, if there's another person there, it's like, oh, okay, you know, what, what kind of questions are going to be? But yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I also do agree with you that like having that other person there, it, it, it might really make the experience better right so you just you you never know uh but the, yeah 21 episodes in so far i'm like yeah you know it'd be cool to have somebody else there but i don't really need it i just think if somebody did show interest that they want to support the show or whatever awesome like 100%. i'm totally down to to run with uh trying things out right because you know at the end of the day it's like okay if somebody else sees value in the show then you know why not give them an opportunity? It just goes back to me wanting to give and support and, and see people grow into whatever it is that they want to grow. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I love it. I love it. Couldn't, I think it's, yeah, it's, couldn't, it's, couldn't agree more there. I I'd say honestly, like the best, you know, not to tell you how to, how to run your own show, but I'm open-minded, man, 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 maybe you just mix in for one random episode. Like, Hey, in person, whoever, is gonna be our co-host. And yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna see how it goes, right? If it if it fucking tanks and if it sucks, then uh, then you don't move forward with it. Maybe you don't even air that episode, right? <laughs> right, but it's it's all a learning experience, hundred percent. And that's the thing. Like I'm like I said, I'm I'm totally down to even have different co-hosts come in and just you know we kind of spit fire and see what happens. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't. But like that's the thing, right? You got to be innovative. And you got to be open minded on how do you grow something like this, right? Because there are a million yeah, podcasts yeah. out there, and I find that a lot of the podcasts out there do have a co-host, um, and some of them don't. They do, right? And and uh, you know, like like I said, I'm trying to see, I, I, I'm trying to create something that's different from those other podcasts. Like I said, I don't want to just have this conversation with you and then I forget about you and I move on to the next person. I want to, I want to figure out how can I really make this something that, you know, you're excited to continue to talk about or uh, use as a platform to be able to network and grow for yourself continuously or, or, you know, who knows what, like, that's the thing. It's like, how can I make this something way more than what it is already? I love that. I love that. Um, Christian, honestly, like this was a phenomenal talk, bro. Like, um, I want great. I want to say congratulations to you becoming a father as well to you and Leah. Um, what's, you, what's, what's your young man's name? 
Uh, Zach. Zach. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Leah, well, Leah calls him Zachary. I call him Zach. I think it's like the dichotomy between the the mom and the dad, right? I find moms usually stick to the full names and, and dads, uh, <laughs> in part due to laziness, try to right? keep, keep with the shorter name. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think as uh, Zach gets older, um, you know, Zachary is the baby name. And as you get older, you seem to short form it. For me, I just took the R off the end and I prefer Spence. You know what I mean? So it's just it's one of those yeah, things, yeah, yeah. right? So I think uh, yeah. as he gets older, Zach will probably be pref- prefer himself being called Zach. So I'm sure you're going to win in the long run there. <laughs> You're, Dad you always it, knows heard, best, right? You heard it here first, lady. I heard it here first. Yeah, she's gonna kill me for that one. Uh, but no, that's beautiful, man. Like you said, like becoming a dad, it changes everything. There's no days off, and um, you know, it's it's the most beautiful thing, bringing life into the world and um, being able to watch them grow and stuff like that. So, like I said, once again, congratulations to you guys. Appreciate and, it. Thank you. Um, Thank you, my man. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's unfortunate, you know. I was I, I, I saw you there at the the breakfast shop at big top and uh yeah i i was like maybe my passport's gonna work maybe it's not gonna work it's totally like a you know chance on chance and see if i was yeah, gonna actually I, I didn't i didn't even see you there leah said leah's like oh that's spencer and i was like what what do you mean yeah i was must and then you you are you're already out the door though because i think they said no you can't come in and yeah i couldn't come in i was like two days away from here. it being like you know acceptable but whatever it is what it is but yeah i saw you guys there and i was like oh Oh, I can't even talk to them. Like she's like, no, sorry, you gotta go. I, I was like, all right, I know. Yeah, so I I would have got the opportunity there to, to to meet Zach. Hey, but. we we caught. Yeah, that's right, that's right. But hey, we 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 caught up. Um, there's gonna be plenty more opportunities for you to meet the little guy. Yeah, I look forward to it. Like I said, we should plan a dinner. All of us go and hang out and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I I would definitely want to work on keeping on in touch and hearing about what you have, you know, down the pipeline and and stuff like that. And I think what you're doing is a beautiful thing. Likewise, and, uh, you've brought a lot of value to to this podcast, this conversation, and you know things that I didn't even know about. And um, yeah, thank you once again for you know finding time it. yeah it, thanks okay. thanks for having thanks for having me i mean on, honestly nothing it's nothing i wouldn't want to do more than this on a sunday to be honest i love i love being on podcasts especially podcasts hosted by good buddies um as an opportunity for us to catch up and talk all things life and business absolutely and um zach is 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 asleep so it's the perfect opportunity <laughs> for me to, to to get online and catch up yeah no doubt is, is your day done are you just chilling it dad status or are you do you have yeah more- i'm doing no, I got I got uh, daddy duties today, so I'll be I'll be with the little guy for the night while Leo's at work and uh, get him to bed. And then my my typical Sundays are, are usually um, you know as soon as he goes to bed, then back online, back back to work, back to work. It never ends. Eh? Yeah, no, never, it's a beautiful thing. Ends. It's a beautiful thing. Well, do you have any other questions for me before we wrap this up? No. Uh... Man, just how are you? That is it. I don't even think I asked you that properly. That's okay. That's okay. Thank you for asking. Honestly, man, life is beautiful. Um, like I said, I, I, I've come back into this space with um, more meaning. And I have been just tackling everything that uh, provides me fulfillment. Um, you know, I, I have a beautiful love girlfriend now it. that I've been with for almost two years. She's uh, 
bit of a fitness freak like myself. So we do triathlons throughout the summer. So she's deep, 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 deep into the fitness stuff just as much as I am. So we're constantly challenging each other. Um, She just became a paramedic. Uh, so she is also very white driven. Yeah, absolutely. Like this girl, like there's, there's no days off in her world as well. And I'm super grateful to be, um, a part of her circle and be a part of her drive. Um, and then, yeah, like we're starting our own online fitness business together as well. Like, you know, she's actually the coach at F45. So we both coach there and, um, yeah, you know, like I've been just doing the vlog the podcast and then uh just excited and looking forward to getting into another season of triathlon so you know that's going to be another thing on my plate that uh, i have to dedicate a lot of time to and uh really try to divide and conquer but i I could honestly say i'm in a healthy place mentally physically and uh yeah you know i'm just trying to really keep that energy high and and sharing it with with everybody so the bar high the bar yeah, high, brother. Absolutely. Yeah, I got to live into it now. I can't hold back. <laughs> I'm back out <laughs> there. Right? You're, so, you're committed to it. I'm committed it. to it fully, fully. But yeah, man, things are good. And uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Hear. Thank you for asking. Yeah, likewise. Now, good to hear, man. Good to obviously catch up, like I said, and uh, and see you out here crushing it, you know, having great conversations with uh, with amazing people. So I'll be tuning in to the future episodes for sure too. Awesome. Uh, maybe not this one. I uh, kind of weird like that. I don't really like listening to my own or watching my own podcast, even though I've been on. Even though I've been on, uh, yeah, as a guest at least fifty now myself. But um, yeah, it's kind of just you know. I don't think anyone really likes how their voices sounds, <laughs> and uh, that's that's actually the reason why. And so I will. I will also critique myself a little too much for things I I, I either said or didn't. But say. that's the best so, part, man. It's like when you know, played sports, you get to look back at the the plays. Where did it go wrong? What can I do better? How can I, you know, develop? Yeah, right. You're learn, not. Right? You're not wrong. You're not. You're not wrong. At but all. I don't think you made any mistakes other than coughing on my podcast. But that's it. Oh man, I could. I tried to hold it in. <laughs> it's all good, brother. All right, man. So I'm gonna wrap this up. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, please do not forget to rate, review the show, and share it with a loved one, a friend, somebody that you could see might need to learn about marketing and the value of it all. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, have yourself a good one. Oh wait, ah, ah. Before I wrap this up, where can they all find you? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, Twitter Twitter's a, a big one for me. So just at Chris, K-R-I-S, Borgesin, so B-O-R-G-H-E-S-A-N. And, uh, and LinkedIn, I'm, I'm active on LinkedIn, trying to, trying to get my posts in daily if I can. But uh, nonetheless, if you want to converse and chat and socialize uh, on a professional level, LinkedIn is, is the way to go for me. Yeah, best, best place to be. I actually need to work on getting yeah. mine set up to now um but yes thank you for sharing that i i almost missed that do not want to miss that all right ladies and gentlemen peace and love and do not forget to set the bar high